0: to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and I have had many life-ruining crushes in my day. Yikes! (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am Bex.
1: I am a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I'm really good at tripping and falling into crushes I didn't mean to have. Whoops. (laughs)
0: whoops <laughs> like when whoops. someone winks at you for example. exactly exactly <laughs> I or says life.
1: something politically progressive and i'm like you know i never noticed that you were a human whose dick i could suck
0: uh, <laughs> but now i just can't stop thinking but about now it. now that's suddenly <laughs> relevant to my interests just like fellatio my god you know what i mean <laughs> I will take any opportunity to make a fellatio joke. I don't even care if it's relevant or not. I'll just drop it in there. Like, hey, remember Blowjobs <laughs> exist? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? Um, so it's February. We both work in sex toy retail, so we're thrilled that it's February. <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> but it's the month of romance, so they say. They are wrong. It is really cool. That's why and it's the outside. shortest. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cold is good for cuddling! I like cold. It's true, but in this kind of month, I do not feel like seeking out anyone to cuddle. I'm like, can I just please stay in my bed and never go anywhere or do anything? So for me, it's not a romantic month. (laughs)
1: Lately, I've been sleeping in literally a nest of pillows. So I get under the (laughs) covers and Mm -hmm. I line either side of my body with all of the pillows in my bed except for one that goes over my head. And then I pull the blanket all the way up and over everything.
0: (laughs) It goes over your head? Like you're smothering yourself?
1: (laughs) Well, it goes mostly under my head. And then I kind of shimmy under it. And it kind of winds up on top of my head. (laughs) Oh, like a little
0: umbrella hat.
1: Yeah, keeping the blanket off of my face so I can breathe. Uh And then my cat gets angry, so I have to let her into my cocoon, and then the two of us lay in the middle of all of those
0: pillows. It's great. (laughs) Someone come join me in my weird pillow fort. You know what that reminds me of is when you got high for the first time, which I was privileged enough to witness, and you were sexting (laughs) your sir, and you were like, I want your skin all over my skin. That sounds warm. It's just the most high sex of all time.
1: I did not not actually send that. (laughs) You should have. It's great. (laughs) I was sober enough to know that it was weird, but yeah, I told you, I was like, all I can think of wanting for sexting is just... For someone to hug me so much that they envelop me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to disappear inside another human.
1: I want... I just want the most intense cuddle that I have ever had. (laughs) And still, to this day, when I get high, that is all I want.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when I get high, I want... Blowjobs and makeouts and also for someone to just rub their hands all over every surface of my skin. <laughs> yes. yes. Just
1: just touch me, please. Everywhere.
0: A lot. So this isn't relevant to our topic today, but that's fine. I
1: am attracted to cuddly humans when I am high.
0: I am attracted to marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Um, every time I talk about marijuana in a romantic or sexual context, I want to make this joke that I made many months ago where I was like, if you want to propose to a stoner, <laughs> you just say, want <laughs> <laughs> Which I still think is so funny, and it's probably not really. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> so let's attraction. talk about. Yeah, we're talking about attraction because it is the month of romance. (laughs) And I think it's a really interesting topic because it's something that even if you're a sex nerd who like overanalyzes sex and stuff like we do, attraction is still like really hard to nail down and really hard to talk about in any kind of like scientific way, like especially about your own attractions, because it can feel like they have Mm -hmm. like no explanation or like rhyme or reason to them. Are you more of, like, an attraction-at-first-sight type of person, or does it take a while for your attractions to form?
1: See, it really depends, because the thing with my attraction is very often physical attraction and, like, mental, emotional, whatever, attraction are very Mm -hmm. separate for me. There is not a whole lot of times where they
0: overlap. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so,
1: like, physical attraction at first sight do- definitely does happen. I'll see someone, I'll be like, hi, hello, hi, hey, we <laughs> should be, you and I, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, I still distinctly remember one of the first times I saw my sir, and, like, I was mid-conversation with a mutual friend of ours, and he walked past in the background, and, and like, I could still tell you what he was wearing, because I just kind of leaned around our, our friend and was like, <laughs> so that one.
0: <laughs> that is the one. We need to
1: find out about that one. <laughs> I need, let's start with a name and sexual
0: orientation, go from there. <laughs> Collect some intel, see what we can yes. dig up. <laughs> exactly. See, this is so interesting to me, because we were originally going to do two different episodes for this, and one was going to be more, like, about physical attraction, and one was going to be more about mental or emotional attraction, and I, as I was, like, thinking about what stories I could tell and everything, I was like, I don't know that I can separate those two things from each other. Um, For me, they're, like, so enmeshed in each other, like, I, I literally can't even remember the last, well, actually, that's not true. There was a recent incident, and I'm going to be purposely vague because otherwise it would be too easy to identify who this is, <laughs> but Ooh, I re- I'm going to
1: see if I can figure it out.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I recently um, walked into an environment that was new to me and saw an intensely oh, physically you. attractive person uh-huh. and was like, oh, I am going to get to know this person He is really foxy. Um, But then as I did get to know him over the ensuing weeks, I was like, actually, he's really boring and kind of stupid and, like, not really on my level around a lot of stuff. Uh Uh-huh. And it just made me totally lose my boner for him. Like, completely. Like, I was thinking while I was looking at him the other day, I was like, would I have sex with him? Because he's gorgeous. Um, And I don't think I would. I don't think that I would enjoy that. So... Yeah, I think that they're just, like, super, super connected for me.
1: Yeah, see, for me, it can totally, like, having a mental connection or being attracted to them in that way can totally kill it for me if I'm just attracted to them physically. Mm -hmm. But, like, it gets more complicated if I'm attracted to them in a, like, mental or emotional way.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: not attracted to them physically that's really hard yeah and there is so a big part of my attraction we've talked about all of my flirting feelings Mm -hmm. and there are some people that i'm not physically attracted to or mentally or emotionally attracted to because they're kind of a (laughs) douchebag but they know how to flirt Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i still find myself like hey, why? Why am I doing this? But, like, <laughs> also, hey.
0: <laughs> yeah. I read so, there this... are a few
1: things that kind of, like, override everything for me.
0: Yeah. yeah, I get that, and I feel like, for me, funny is that thing that mm-hmm. just overrides everything, because, like, I was thinking back on some of the most intense crushes of my life, And if I saw some of these people, like, in a lineup, like, (laughs) I probably wouldn't be like, oh, I need to bone that person. Because, like, it's not that they're unattractive. They were just, like, they didn't strike me as immediately gorgeous or foxy. But, like, as I got to know them, they were so funny. Like, when I was in high school, I talked about this last week, but I was just, like, constantly developing crushes on the people on my improv team to the point that it was, like probably unprofessional and bad because I would like without really meaning to I would like put myself in scenes with these people where I was playing their wife or their girlfriend like all the time (laughs) whoops yeah (laughs) because improv is so about like what's at the top of your mind and so that was where I was in my headspace like I wanted to be touching and flirting with these people and so (laughs) I would put myself in those scenes and it's it was just like getting to see people be funny and be quick like that really like ramped up my attractions Mm -hmm. so
1: you were saying that uh kind of your biggest crushes were not people that you initially pegged as like super attractive or that really like showed up on your radar right away what kind of things physically do you see that you find like really attractive
0: So, I feel like in the realm of, like, visual attractions, I'm actually way gayer than I am overall. (laughs) Because when I think about, like, what aesthetics I find hot, a lot of it is women. Um, And I don't know if that's because, like, in my formative years in high school, I was a lot gayer than I am now. And, like, a lot of my, like, most intense formative crushes were on women. But, like, for a long time, like, my, my first girlfriend had purple hair that she often wore in a faux hawk at the time that I was, like, super intensely crushing on her and about to start mm-hmm. dating her. And so for years, I've, like, had a thing for purple faux hawks. Like, I just... <laughs> they just awaken <laughs> something in me. It's a weird, like, Pavlovian thing. Um, I also think, like, a really cute smile is a huge thing for me. Like, just a super mm-hmm. arresting, adorable, genuine, big, goofy smile is huge for me. Um... And Mm -hmm. lately I've been getting into, like, dad bods and beards and stuff, which, like, previously I never was, but I feel like every time I am attracted to someone with a different body type than I've been attracted to before, it just, like, broadens my horizons in that way, which is really cool. Yeah. How about you? What kinds of things are you attracted to? So I like things that, um,
1: just queerness in general, I'm attracted to a lot, so... (laughs) different color hair, lots of tattoos, piercings, things like that. Things that like, you know, having a shaved side of their head, that kind of thing where you're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, hi, I too am gay. Nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm super attracted to that. Um, I I really like just good hair in general. (laughs) Ever since I was, ever since I was little, like the first girl I remember having a crush on, I loved her hair. She had really long, silky, like, pin-straight strawberry blonde hair. Um, and that was, like, (laughs) one of the things I I liked best about her. Um, so, like, oh, I've always loved really good hair and, like, well-dressed. And it- that doesn't necessarily- I mean, we all know how I feel about suits- (laughs) But it doesn't necessarily have to mean, like, dress clothes and a tie. It just means having a personal aesthetic that you like and having things that fit really well. Like, Mm -hmm. tightly fitting shirts and, like, a tightly fitting t-shirt and, like, low-riding jeans can still be really, really hot. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, you've got to, it's got to fit you right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, on multiple occasions, have become attracted to someone primarily because I saw them wearing a blazer with elbow patches.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I associate that with this person that I really don't like.
0: <laughs> so I was just like, oh god, why? I mean, I think that it can be a really dweeby look, but also that's kind of what I like about it, like, because that's kind of my type. <laughs> Oh. I think it's also related to my kink for like professorial types, <laughs> like that people would who look sense. like they could teach me shit.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> in my head it's just associated with this dude that like was really pretentious and would wear it to places that you don't wear a blazer. <laughs> like everyone else was in a t-shirt and he was in a blazer and slacks. Mm. I was like, "Bro, stop."
0: <laughs> oh. There is something really hot about people who can easily dress appropriately for whatever situation they're in, because I think it just displays, like, a sense of social intelligence and being tuned into the people and the situation that you're in, and, like, that's kind of weirdly hot to me.
1: Yeah, that really makes sense. I really just, like I was saying, I just like people that have an aesthetic, like, whatever their look is. Mm Mm-hmm having it all be a put-together look and, like, mm-hmm. really suit them is really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's
0: that's really hot, too. I really like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Do you have, like, a physical type? Like, if, if someone were to line up all your past crushes, what kinds of patterns would they see?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Like, I tend to like, like, lean scrawny dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. And girls, too. Um, girls I have... I think, a wider range of, like, you are pretty, I like you! (laughs) Uh, Where I think my guy, the guys I'm attracted to all have a pretty specific type, and they tend to be, like, more slender guys. Um, I do kind of feel like the blog squad has given me, like, this reputation for liking musclier guys, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think part of that is because my sir is rather muscly but (laughs) rather muscly Uh, but um for me like when I get turned on by someone having muscles it's not really like the aesthetic of them being built it's like (laughs) that person could throw me across a room that's good to know Mm -hmm. like it's it's more of a functional thing Mm -hmm. it's like think of the ways that that could play into my kink. (laughs) Hmm. So I do find them really hot, but it feels different than the way I'm just like, that person has really good hair, and I'm really into it. Like, (laughs) that is purely a, oh my god, look at how hot that person's face and
0: upper portion of their head is. (laughs) I feel like your type is like, what would happen if someone took my type and attached them to, like, an air mattress inflator and just, like, (laughs) jacked them up a little bit. (laughs) Because I feel like personality-wise, we have a lot in common with, like, what we go for, but I predominantly have been attracted to, like, scrawny, tall, gangly dudes in my life (laughs) and no muscly dudes that I can think of, like, at all. (laughs) The problem
1: is, like, when I wind up on Tinder... And this is another thing I think is kind of interesting. Um, if When I'm on Tinder, I'm 100% just going on physical attraction. And a lot of times I'm on Tinder, I'm in, like, a headspace of, like, I should fuck a human now. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I will go back through my Tinder matches the next morning, and I could have been totally sober on Tinder, and I'm still, like... What the fuck did horny me do? What decisions did I make? Why did I match with these people? (laughs) Because they're people that, in like, a regular headspace, I'm like, this person looks like an asshole. He looks like he's gonna be such a douche. I don't even want to talk to him. Like, the broiest Jersey Shore dude bro. What? was i thinking (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like there's some buried part of me that is like really into like broier conventionally attractive dudes and Mm -hmm. i just kind of want to hate fuck them i guess i don't (laughs) know (laughs) but every once in a while i'm like i'll like go back through my tinder matches and i'm like why what what possibly could have possessed me to think
0: I would want to speak to this human. (laughs) This is something I think about all the time when I used to Tinder, because every time I would come across a dude who was, like, conventionally hot, I would never be interested, unless he had, like, a super funny joke in his bio or something. But Mm -hmm. I always would wonder, like, am I actually just not attracted to dudes who look like this, or is it this kind of, like, internalized sense of inadequacy where I, like, reject him before I even get a chance to get invested in the idea of going out with him, because I just think he's, like, not in my league or whatever. Because to me, it really does feel like I'm just not attracted to these people at all, but I wonder if it's, like, a deeply buried defense mechanism of, like, not letting myself be attracted to that kind of person, because I think he would be mean to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I think the interesting thing here is, like, culturally... We're. There are a lot of cultural opinions on who we should all find attractive. You know what I mean? The world really tells us the answer to that question. And I think that that leaves people like you, who generally. who might just not be attracted to what the media says is the, like, attractive ideal, Mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, there must be some deeper reason for this or some. like, something more to me, where it might just be that you're just not attracted to people who look like that. Because, like, we're all gonna find different types of people attractive, you know what I mean? Um, And, yeah, and and there doesn't always have to be overlap. Like, I know you're not always attracted to all the people I am, and I know that, like, I've seen people you're attracted to that I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I see that, and other times I'm like, well, I mean, okay. sure (laughs) like you live your life
0: (laughs) I feel like this has been true my whole life like almost everyone I've ever had a crush on has been like if they were in a movie they would be playing like the nerd who no one wants to be friends with and that's just (laughs) kind of my type but to me they're like such babes because they're so funny (laughs) and it's so awesome that
1: like they are someone's type. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think... I wonder if there are more people attracted to people outside of the cultural ideal that don't feel comfortable really talking about their attractions like that. Like, obviously, there's the whole... the whole culture of people that are attracted to, like, curvy women or bigger women or fat mm-hmm. women Um, that, like... Even, sometimes even people attracted to people our weight can be, like, taboo or Man. whatever bullshit. Yeah. And then, like, you think about people that are attracted to, like, genuinely really fat, heavy women, and, like, and that can be considered, like, taboo or whatever. Yeah. So I think the same thing goes for people attracted to other body types and other areas of attraction too like it just doesn't get talked about
0: as much but i think it's just as much a thing yeah one of my like fundamental philosophies about dating and about like romance and sex in general is that everyone is someone's type and i really do genuinely believe that like i think that there is so much diversity in what people are attracted to across the whole world and like no matter what you look like or what type of person you are, I truly genuinely believe that there are people who are into that somewhere, even if they're not currently visible to you in your life. And even if that's frustrating to you, I really do believe that they exist.
1: Yeah. And I was, that's why I think it can be really helpful to kind of like double down on who you are
2: mm-hmm.
1: and how you present and everything. Cause shoving yourself, trying to be that conventional ideal, whatever is not gonna work, and it's not gonna feel comfortable for anyone, but truly owning who and what you are Mm -hmm. is gonna make it easier for the people looking for that to find you. So there's this one person that I'm hooking up with semi-regularly, and I'm not out to them about, like, my gender weirdness, um, Mm -hmm. and he is ostensibly a very cis, very straight guy so sometimes i'm like but like really why are you into me have you have you seen me i'm a 14 year old boy looking motherfucker like i don't know what why um and then because i'm like because i don't feel like a girl i don't look like a girl like Mm -hmm. um and he's like this you know super mask straight dude and then we were talking about battlestar galactica and he like was like oh my god i love starbucks she's so hot and i was like oh oh okay this makes more sense now because she's also super butch like she's <laughs> definitely a lady but she is super butch and i was like ah okay i understand now
0: oh <laughs> <Aww>, that's cute <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I just, I think it's kind of comforting and affirming to like, feel like you are someone's type mm-hmm. rather than like the one exception to their rule. Cause yeah. every time I'm cast in that, I'm always like, yeah, but like, are you really into me? Like, Ooh, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, what about you? Do you have a type? If we were to like line up all of the last people you've had crushes on, would you notice any trends
0: or anything? i really feel like a very high percentage of them would be game developers (laughs) like it's it's very embarrassing at this point I just have this long-standing pattern. Ever since my long-term ex, who I was with for three and a half years, who was a game developer, and, like, I spent a lot of time in that world when I was with him, going to events and whatnot, I just started being attracted to game devs, like, most of the time. Like, I remember last summer I was dating this guy briefly, and I didn't know that much about him, and as I was getting to know him and already had a huge crush on him, he mentioned that he makes games sometimes, and I was like, oh, of course, (laughs) of fucking course, everyone I'm attracted to is a game dev. (laughs) I was talking to a friend of mine recently who is a game dev and we were trying to like puzzle out why this is such a pattern for me And he suggested that like game devs like they're nerds They're involved in like nerd culture and they know a lot of nerd things which is a very hot quality to me But also like they're more on the creative side of the game making process and so My friend has this theory that like game devs are likelier to be more like socially competent than someone who does, say, like coding or like back end stuff. Which Mm -hmm. is definite stereotyping and I apologize to any coders out there, but like in my experience, the people on the creative side do tend to be a little bit more socially fluid and capable. um, and I am more attracted to that type of nerd, I think. Although I do know tons of people who are attracted to this super awkward, shy, nerdy type of nerd. (laughs) The other thing I thought was funny is that my game dev friend was telling me that he can't access Tinder on his phone when he is at home because he has some kind of like server setup that he needs uh, for game development that blocks Tinder. And I was like, maybe this is why I haven't had very much success on Tinder because none of the game devs are using it, and therefore none of the people who are my type are using it. <laughs> <laughs> this would just explain so much. So, we've been talking a lot about what makes you attracted to someone, but I'm curious about what kills your attraction to someone. Ugh. So, the
1: first thing that comes to mind is shitty politics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I wish that was truer than it is. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, okay, like, really awful politics will totally kill an attraction. Yeah. I may still want to hate-fuck them a little bit, but, like, for the (laughs) most part, it will totally kill it, but, like, I do have someone that I fuck semi-regularly that, like, didn't vote, and Mm. I was like, ugh, this is awful, that kind of political apathy I just can't put up with, and, like, I yelled at him about it and was like, yeah, I, and, like, went home that day and was like, yeah, I I can't fuck him anymore, like... Mm-hmm. I can't fuck anyone who doesn't care. And then, like, a week and a half later, I was like, but that dick, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good dick is a magic spell sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, not great, but...
1: <laughs> yeah. But I just have some feelings about it. hmm So, like, so- sometimes wishy-washy politics doesn't kill it as fast as I wished it would. But, like, truly awful politics, I'm like, yeah, no, I can't, you yeah. no. like, someone says something, you know, racist or transphobic or misogynistic or whatever, and I'm like, all right, well, you were cute. <laughs> That's unfortunate.
0: <laughs> Ugh, yeah, I totally felt that way about my unfeminist ex, who I'm sure I've talked about on the show before, but, like, before I found out he was super not a feminist, I was really physically attracted to him, like, I really thought he was a babe and had a great time with him and everything. And then he, like, made these comments about how he doesn't think oppression or privilege are a thing, and doesn't think that he, as a white, cis, straight guy, is privileged. And literally all traces of boner I had for him were gone. Like, I had no desire to make out with him, let alone have sex with him. Like, it just completely killed it. And... Like, as much as it was horrible and shocking to go through that, it was also really illuminating for me to learn that about myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because now, like, I I, I don't need to feel at all guilty about excluding unfeminist men from my dating pool, because, like, not only are they not gonna, you know, believe that I and the people I love are full humans, but also, (laughs) like, I'm just not gonna be attracted to them, and that's untenable in someone that I'm dating, so... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's always really hard. What about you? Is there anything else that, like, kills your attractions? Yeah,
0: and it's embarrassing. It's, (laughs) It's, like, spelling and grammar shit really really can kill my attractions and I feel so bad about it like it makes me feel like such a snob because like I went to journalism school and I learned about copy editing and I don't spell things badly and I just get really snotty about people who like for example spell a lot as one word like oh my god very few things can deflate my boner faster than that tbh and like I feel like that's not great I feel like that's kind of elitist and shitty. I've definitely done that <laughs> I mean yeah you do you also misspell the word yeah and it makes me so mad every time but like whatever you do you (laughs) (laughs) it's not even a real word it is though it's in dictionaries and shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god see because like i can't spell at all Mm -hmm. the only time like it really bothers me when people's spelling is noticeably terrible on like okay cupid messages or if you're texting me or something mm-hmm. like that because you fucking you have access to spell check it's right there <laughs> so for me it's not like oh you don't know how to spell this it's like oh you didn't take 30 seconds yeah to proofread this before <laughs> sending it like if it's someone i have an ongoing conversation with or like i talk to a lot or whatever that's fine but like if we're just starting talking to me it feels kind of like a lack of interest almost yeah cuz if i'm newly interested in someone i want to put my best foot forward you know totally ah uh, so that that kind of bothers me but i cannot spell for the life of me like there are times <laughs> when i type things and even spell check is like bro i don't fucking know i don't what <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is that <laughs> I also get really snobby about vocabulary, which is, again, like a journalism school and English class nerd thing. But like uh, in high school, I dated this guy who was on my improv team. And at first I was really attracted to him because like in improv situations, he was really smart. He had that type of intelligence where he was really quick witted and could be really funny and really good at listening and like going where the scene was going. But like as we started to date, I realized that in some ways that are really important to me, he was not very smart. Like, for example, one time he did something romantic for me and I was like, oh, swoon. And then he asked me what swoon meant. And I was like, um, (laughs) okay, you've never encountered this word before. And also you're not going to Google it? Like, okay. Like, I really did feel like, first of all, I didn't like him that much anymore. And secondly, he must not like me that much if he wasn't going to, like, make any effort to look it up or perhaps discern its meaning from context cues like (laughs) (laughs) the other word he didn't know which was hilarious um one time we were arguing in public because he made some like flirty comment about another woman like right to my face which like now wouldn't bother me but i was i was not as like polyamorous and enlightened back then about (laughs) like jealousy issues but so i got very angry at him and I said to him, Do you even know the meaning of the word monogamy? And he was like, No, what does it mean? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> I
1: want you in
0: bedroom. This week's episode of the Dildorks is sponsored by Spot of Delight an independent, locally-owned sex shop located in London, Ontario. That's London, Ontario, folks, not London, England. (laughs) Although, almost as fancy, I would imagine. I actually don't know, I've never been to London, Ontario, or England. But Spot of Delight's awesome. Um, they have so many body-safe, amazing toys, which is super important to us as sex toy reviewers who spend a great deal of our time yelling at people who sell shitty toys that are not good for your body.
1: Yeah, I was super impressed. Like, normally when a company I'm not familiar with contacts me, I'm like, "Oh, let me see what kind of shit they've got. But, like... <laughs> There was a lot of really cool things on their website like they have some pretty good kink gear and some stuff that I haven't seen before which I was super excited about.
0: Yeah it's like quite rare for a website to have a decent kink section that isn't just like mostly the Fifty Shades of Grey line and shitty stuff like that that isn't
1: really for real kinksters. Exactly and like unless you're going to a kink site. You usually mm-hmm. don't see that, but they have a really wide selection of that, and then when you go to kink sites, they have terrible
0: toys. <laughs> Just terrible. This is so true. So Spot of Delight is like a great happy medium in that way, and they sent us some stuff to review on the show for you.
1: Yeah, and they sent us matching toys because we're goofy best friends like that.
0: Best friend dildos! <laughs> yes! This is what I've always wanted. <laughs> They sent us dildos from the Happy Valley line, which is a line of sex toys that I have always loved. They're Canadian, and they make silicone dildos in their little farmhouse in Peterborough, Ontario, which is fucking adorable. (laughs) (laughs) So they sent us. They sent me the hottie, and then they sent you the hottie extra because you're so extra. You're such you're such a size bean, and I am not really. (laughs) I am. I.
1: What I like about that hottie extra, though, which I I really hate that name. I refuse to call it that anytime I'm sexting. I'm like, the big one that I have.
0: <laughs> it's got a stupid name.
1: Um, I like to
0: imagine that it's hottie as in H-A-U-G-H-T-Y, because that to me is funnier and <laughs> more accurate to how I feel when I'm fucking myself with it. <laughs>
1: But what I like about it is it's about two and a quarter inches in diameter, and uh, most of the toys I have are two at the largest, which, on a good day, two inches is really easy for me to take. Like, I can do that without warm-up, and it doesn't feel like a really large toy for me. Um, and I know it is for a lot of other people. But use my next size up from that is the Mr. Universe, which is three inches (laughs) (laughs) massive yeah so making that jump is like super difficult so i like that the two and a quarter inches of the hottie extra is enough to feel like a large toy is in me Mm -hmm. but also still be manageable
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's also short in length uh So, I can like insert the whole thing, and I'm curious if I could wear it like under a harness with a harness keeping it in place and use it almost as like a plug for my
0: front hole. But we'll see. I'm pretty into the hottie that they sent me as well. It um it has, like, a pretty intense coronal ridge, which normally I don't love because, like, intense G-spot simulation is not really my jam. But it's, like, it's smooth and it's rounded off, so it doesn't hurt me or anything. Like, it's it actually feels really good, and I've been getting back into G-spot stuff because of it, which is really cool. Yeah, and what I like about it,
1: about that ridge, is that it can... Uh, And to clarify, ours are the exact same toy, just in slightly different sizes. Mm -hmm. Um, So same shape and everything. And what I like about that Ridge is mm, for most G-Spot toys, I thrust with them and I really like like hard and fast thrusting against my Mm -hmm. G-Spot. But for that, it's more of just a consistent pressure because of the size and because of that coronal Ridge that just kind of gets right up into my Mm G-Spot. So it's more about the pressure and like... That's why I think it would be really good under a harness, because the rocking from thrusting um, whoever I'm fucking while I'm in a harness is going to push that against my G-spot over and over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Spot of Delight has some of the best sex toys on the market, and I say that as someone who is a complete fucking sex toy nerd. Like, they have the Satisfier line, which is amazing if you like clitoral suction, which I do. (laughs) Um, They have the WeVibe Wish, which just launched, and I keep trying that one at work and, like, wanting it so bad. Yeah, Uh, the motor is so rumbly and good. I
1: have to wait, like, a month to get mine,
0: like, six weeks, and I want it now. Yeah, Same. Um, Spot of Delight also has tons of Aslan leather products, which as kinksters we appreciate greatly because Aslan leather makes some of the best leather kink stuff available. Give me all the leather. (laughs) (laughs) And what's amazing, folks, is that we have a coupon code for you to get 10% off your order at Spot of Delight. That coupon code is DILDORKS, D-I-L-D-O-R-K-S. So get yourself something body safe and awesome, including maybe the hottie or the hottie extra that we are enjoying so much.
1: They'll also give you free shipping if you spend over $49 and you're in Canada, or if you're over $99 and you're down here in the States with me. Uh, (laughs) If you're international, you have to spend $149, but they'll still hook you up with free shipping, anything over that. And if you are international, like hit us up because that's super cool. Where are you listening from?
0: (laughs) Yeah, tell me. Uh, So that's spotofdelight.com. And you can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at spotofdelight. And don't forget to use that coupon code DILDORKS to get 10% off your order. Thanks. I want you in my bedroom. Me all right. Fuck that and fuck yeah is our weekly segment where we tell you something we hate and something we love. Hey Bex, what's your fuck that this week?
1: My fuck that is crushes that I really shouldn't have <laughs> because I have really terrible self-control <laughs> and like I will hit on them. And then make shit weird. <laughs> that's not something I plan to do, but, like, I'm the kind of person that'll have a crush on, like, all of the people that live in a house. And you can't have crushes on all of the roommates. <laughs> like, show up at the door and be like, well, today I'm gonna fuck this one. <laughs> I'll come for you next week.
0: <laughs> like, and I'll come in you and all over you and in front of you. And on exactly. Your
1: face. <laughs> like, Polly's one thing, but I feel like there's a line somewhere and I might weird some people out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, I'll do that or I'll have a crush on like two people who are best friends. And it's like, OK, that's <laughs> not you can't. <laughs> ah, you're gonna make shit weird. <laughs> but it's it's a problem because I do flirt with everyone all the time, especially if I have a crush on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like as long as they are also enjoying and engaging in flirting with me, I don't like hit on people that are uncomfortable. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just. It puts me in these sitcom-esque situations (laughs) that I don't know how to handle.
0: (laughs) So what about you? What's your fuck that? My fuck that is when someone ruins things so you can't fantasize about them anymore. (laughs) Oh. This is so sad. I want to tell you this story that just happened the other day because it really bummed me out. It's this guy, this guy I know who's like super gorgeous and like conventionally extremely attractive. And I admittedly had been daydreaming a lot about things like him pounding me with an 11 and stuff like that. Oh, I should do. Yeah, just like, you know, the basic run-of-the-mill stuff that you fantasize about when you meet someone super hot. Um, But he totally fucking ruined it the other day because he was talking about people he perceives as being stupid. And he just went on this whole rant about how people who are stupid shouldn't be allowed to breed. And, like, you should have to take an IQ test before you're legally allowed to reproduce. Yeah, I was like... Bro, you're advocating eugenics. And also, I'm a Jew and you're doing this in front of me. <laughs> oh. Like, that's not yeah, like I didn't no, no. I didn't say anything to him and I probably should have, but like I don't know him that well and I was just like flabbergasted and didn't know how to explain to this, like, super bro dude that what he was talking about was literally eugenics. Like, bro, have you read a history book ever? Like, are you familiar with someone named Adolf Hitler? He's kind of a big deal. He kind of <laughs> did some pretty bad shit, similar to what you're talking about right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate when people say something super shitty, and you're, like, too... Uh, appalled and su- shocked that you don't really you can't respond <laughs> yeah. you're just like uh, do you uh, have you listened to yourself ever <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you aware you yeah. know uh, alright <laughs> alright so what's your fuck yeah this week
1: my fuck yeah is surprise crushes because I kind of love when someone who I've never really noticed before, like, before as someone I might have a crush on does something, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, hello, hi, hello, hi, hello, (laughs) hello. (laughs) 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 And it, like, it can be little things, like, either Talking about something that they're super passionate about or saying something super like politically progressive or activisty or feminist or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: or even just I have a huge thing for flirting, so like saying something kinda flirty to me where it's just like oh and sometimes that's all it takes if you've never showed up on my radar before, sometimes just expressing interest in something as little as being vaguely flirty Mm -hmm. is enough to make me be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) you're a human I could fuck. (laughs) That had not occurred to me until now. And yet it seems appealing.
0: (laughs) What about you? What's your fuck? Yeah. So speaking of surprise crushes, my oh. fuck yeah is watching people play music because this has been a source of a lot of my surprise crushes over the years. But like honestly, it could really be anything that someone is talented at and passionate about because that's really what's hot to me about watching people play music. Like mm. I'll never forget this time in improv team practice when I was in high school when there was this guy on my team who like I had never particularly noticed in like a romantic way before. He was just like a dweeby high school boy, so whatever. <laughs> but then like one time at practice we were taking a break and he sat down at a piano that was there and he started playing like a perfect rendition of Linus and Lucy from the Charlie Brown soundtrack and I like Mm -hmm. died like I melted I developed such a huge crush on him and it was like so sudden I was really taken (laughs) aback by it but after that I started noticing all the things about him that were hot and like just started as you do yeah. I, it, it like really changed my perception of him. And I've had that happen a lot with like watching someone play music or do improv or act in a play or do whatever they're talented at and passionate about. It's like, oh, it's so attractive. You know what else is attractive to me? When people listen to our podcast. <laughs> so thank you so much. Unfortunately,
1: the only people that will know that are the people already listening. You know what? It's fine.
0: <laughs> you guys are babes. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Dildarks. I have a huge crush on each and every one of you. Is that creepy to say? Uh, I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> My name is Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where's your stuff at, Bex? I'm Bex. My blog is at bextalksex.com.
1: I'm also at bextalksex on Twitter and Instagram. We are the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at the com. You can also email us at thedildorks at gmail.com if you want to give us any questions or comments that we can use on the show. We'd love to answer listener questions. Yes, please. Um, You can also find us by searching The Dildorks on all your major podcast apps, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and... Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. Yeah, that's the one I always forget, which is (laughs) weird because it's the one I use. (laughs) (laughs) Super helps us out if you give us five stars, or any rating, really, but five stars is better.
0: Uh, We are five out of five, so, like, I don't know what you're talking about if you disagree.
1: Obviously.
0: (laughs) And how did you make it to episode 21? (laughs) Yeah, why are you
1: still here if you hate us? Um, But rating us on any of those apps, specifically iTunes, makes us way easier for other people to find, so we can have more people that listen to our show and more people for us to have swoony crushes on.
0: (laughs) Yes, thank you. thank you also to protodome for letting us use his song i want you in my bedroom as our theme song he's at protodome.bandcamp.com and thank you to at starboots underscore on twitter that's amy gardner for doing our art and thank you again to spot of delight for sponsoring this episode of our podcast you can check them out at spotofdelight.com for all your sex toy shopping needs and don't forget to use that coupon code dildorks for 10 percent off your order until next time folks Get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye!
1: He was referring to some old movie or something, and he's like, Do you ever see the movie Daddy's Home? And I was like, Yeah, but I don't think it's the one you're talking about. <laughs> You fucking
0: rascal.
1: And he fully (laughs) did not get the
0: joke. I'll probably have some soup after this. That'll be good. I I like soup. Soup Soup is so (laughs) great. (laughs) The Dildorks. Sponsored by Campbell. (laughs) Sponsored by soup. (laughs) Just soup. (laughs) (laughs) Soup.
1: And who are you kidding, Campbells? I eat Progresso. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Progresso corn chowder.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Good it's to delicious. Know.
1: It's so good. I like anything with with corn.
0: You like anything with corn? That's probably why you like all my jokes. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh. Okay, I really, really, really need you to keep your face in front of your mic. Please. Sorry.
1: Sorry. How do humans do that? When I did my public speaking degree, literally any time there was a microphone, I was like, bitch, I'm loud. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that public speaker that, like... Stands in front of the podium after everyone behind them is, like, with the paper at the podium. I'm like, bitch, I don't need this! I'm walking around! I'm personable! (laughs) We're always like, ew, rimming! Like, I don't understand. They were like, the one guy said something about, like, I wouldn't really know how, or blah blah blah. I mean, I guess it's not that different from a vulva. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's pretty similar. It's fine. Like, (laughs) what... Everyone's just like, Ugh, no, that's, and it's the one thing they always go to as like their line. They're like, yeah, I'll do anything. Like I won't lick someone's ass, but like,
0: that's probably what that love song. Was even
1: about. if we're not talking about what's, what song
0: <laughs> I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> probably. Um, but like, even if we're not talking about sex stuff
0: it always comes back to rimming. just i just want to reiterate that i would never lick someone's butt yeah and then you're like we're having a conversation about sales so calm down no one and asked. Like,
1: but my tongue ain't going in anyone's ass and I'm Like, it doesn't have to
0: fine nobody asked
1: you that i'll rim them all for you it's fine Tag me in on all of your future sex, and I will do the rimming portion for you.
0: Wow, that's a big promise. <laughs> I trust their judgment. Ah, like, some of their judgment. You would just lick anyone's butt. That's just so great. That's so inclusive.
1: <laughs> Get my bio. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: sex blogger, sex educator, and river
0: extraordinaire. Rimmer for hire. (laughs) Indiscriminate rimmer. (laughs) It has the word rim in it. It's so great.
1: I'm indiscriminate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh god, that's hilarious. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay.